Step right up, it's Nail to Halo by Halo Journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. And this is not Halo 14. This is Halo 15. You know what that means? We're not talking about the fragile anymore. Friendship with Halo 14 ended. (laughs) Halo 15 is new bestie. (laughs) We're in this together. A single Halo. So if one wanted to own we're in this together you can just walk right down to your corner record store and pick up uh, halo 15 right simple as that (laughs) no i went to the record store and said i want we're in this together and they said which one not really because we didn't have it at all not available in this country uh at the time still not unless you order an import but we'll get to that i'm probably gonna have to find it used somewhere too Yeah, it's not like new ones are sitting around. Mm -mm. But a difficult Halo to get a hold of, at least. We only have, I have it sitting right here in front of me. We only have one of the three, I'm sorry to say. Be cool to have, to finish the collection, though. Eh, I'm not as much of a completist as I used to be. I would like to complete the Halos. I think it'd be cool, but. Yeah, but we have one of them, so that's good. Um, It's just kind of pricey to do and. I don't know. I have to spend a lot of time looking around and seeing what condition they're in, and I just don't have the patience for that kind of stuff. I looked on eBay, and I think you can get each of the three discs 20 to $30 if you find a good deal on there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like it's nothing, you know. Yeah, I just we never listen to CDs. Like, the only CD player I have is in my car. I'd like to start doing it more, but then we'd need a good CD player. <laughs> so yeah. all I have is just to stick it in my computer. I don't even have that. Your laptop doesn't have a drive, does Mm-mm. it? Playstations won't even play compact discs. Is that true? Yeah, because Sony is a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to buy their Blu-rays. Well, guess what? Nine Inch Nails not available on Blu-ray unless we're talking uh, beside you in time. <laughs> I almost said somewhere in time, which is like a romantic <laughs> that- movie from the 80s that my mom had. <laughs> It's, like a, it's yeah. a romance, I think, with uh, Christopher Reeves and uh, Jane Seymour, a.k.a. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. I think. I just remember seeing the case in my mom's VHS collection. Uh, well, here we are once again talking about We're In This Together, an underrated song. And it's single. Um, someone DM'd me and said, I hope you guys talk about the music video. And I said, we did, but it's just behind the paywall. Sorry. So that's on the Patreon. But I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? Well, I guess we can talk about just kind of the basics, um, when it was released and the format and that kind of thing. When was it released? December 6, 1999. The very tail end of the year. Mm-hmm. Tail end of the 20th century. I'm going to say it was the last song that mattered of the 
20th century. I'm going to say it's the only song that mattered of the 20th century. That's what I think personally. So, like you were saying, the actual Halo itself is a collection of three CDs, and they were distributed in Europe and Japan. And this was the second single from the Fragile era, right? From the Fragile. The first one was um, The Day the World Went Away. A few of those tracks found on there will also be found on here. That's right. Um, So... It's going to kind of seem like we're phoning it in, but we've talked about almost every single... I'm not, I'm not trying to phone it in. I'm, I'm not I'm either. I'm still going to give it my best. I'm but yeah, either. we have most almost everything here we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. But And I don't really have any more thoughts on them. I, I might. I, I will chime in with things we may have overlooked if, if they come up. Okay. It's okay to revisit. So uh, never officially released in the US, and this Halo was only available on CD if you don't count the promo versions and we'll talk about the promo versions in a minute right if you want to collect all vinyl halos you're a bit out of luck on this unless you want to spend a lot but she'll get to that yeah so uh the promos there's a german vinyl promo version um with we're in this together on side a and Starfuckers inc on side b and i found that on uh the ninecatalog.com site mm-hmm I don't think NIN Wiki mentions the promos, maybe the radio promo or the radio. Yeah, I did mention that one. Yeah. Um, So that came with an information sheet that was included. And the one we had to translate from German. Yeah, I could have just typed it into Google, but instead I posted it to Discord because we have a few German speakers in there. Um, So I want to thank. Laura and Rooker and Curtis for helping us translate this. What are the odds we had three German speakers in the Discord? <laughs> One of them, Rooker, who learned German just from listening to Autobahn. <laughs> I think that's the story he told, which is really weird. <laughs> I still sing fun, fun, fun on the Autobahn, just to annoy you. Rooker, mainly. And, I, Rooker and I were like, it's not fun. Excuse me. What is this? The Beach Boys? <laughs> it's foreign. Which means drive. Okay, so the note says, or the uh, information sheet that was included with the German promo says, Hi, unfortunately, the NIN party didn't work out. Um, I don't know if there was maybe a release party that was planned or a, a concert day. I have no idea what they're referring to here. But I was able to get a hold of a consolation, albeit a small one. In this case, small does not necessarily mean bad because there are exactly 150 of the 10 inches you have here in the world and one of them belongs to you not that bad after all is it greetings from the mountains the mountains <laughs> yeah so all the way from appalachia this came i wonder how much these go for if you, if you can find one on oh, sale i don't even want to know yeah but this 10 inch did beg the question and i can't believe i never thought of this why is this band never released a nine inch other than that's not a normal size, it's perfectly logical that you could make a size between 7-inch and 10-inch, which are more common. Mm-hmm. It's right there in the name. Do a 9-inch record. Do something gimmicky. Yeah, do gimmicks, Trent. <laughs> Just at least one gimmick. We need that with Look, this brand. We already have a picture of you holding a 9-inch nail. <laughs> now we need a vinyl. So there's also a Japanese cassette promo version, and that one has three tracks. That's We're in This Together, Complications of the Flesh, and I believe it's the fade-out version of The Perfect Drug. I think this this one may be the CD I like best. I'll ask you which of the three you, are your favorite. I think the one with Complications of the Flesh and Perfect Drug is my favorite. 
and that's not the one we have. Right. It's unfortunate, yeah. but we we got lucky. And- well, I mainly actually the person who was selling it had all three for sale. I just didn't have the money at Ooh. the time. They were what like did going they want for it? twenty. Well, twenty five a piece. Okay. Yeah. It's not plus horrific, like the but- horrible shipping because it was on Poshmark, and Poshmark yeah. has that seven dollar shipping. Seventy five plus shipping is nothing to sneeze at for buying some CDs, but if you're yeah. trying to complete the collection. So, uh, now, what's your fave? I don't know. I like the one we have because it has, well, it's an easier way to listen to uh, 10 Miles High and the New Flesh, honestly. It is good. That is good because if you don't have access to the vinyl or if you didn't back in the day, mm-hmm. this one gives you both of the tracks that don't come on the cassette or CD, yeah. 10 Miles High and the New Flesh. And I think that 10 Miles High is so good. So I would. that's why I went with this one, actually. I, I think I, I listened to them again and I, I know I... Dumped on them a little bit, Ten Miles High, and especially the New Flesh. And I didn't not, think you dumped on Ten Miles High. I thought you no, liked it. Neither of them are make my like favorites list of the Fragile, but I still think both are pretty cool. Ten Miles High would make an amazing live banger. Don't know if that's true about the New Flesh, except maybe the last part. Um, but anyway, the reason Disc Three is my favorite, I think, the Yellow Disc. Um, is that it has Complications of the Flesh, a complete uh, remix slash mashup unique to this one, mm-hmm. right? Not on other stuff, whereas mm-hmm. the other tracks are on other things. Yeah. You got to find it here. And it has a <laughs> the perfect drug, slightly different version than from the Lost Highway because it fades out. Also, something I noticed, mm-hmm. it doesn't cut off the beginning. It doesn't cut off the end. The Lost Highway soundtrack cuts off the first few plucks, strums. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't, which I never knew until listening yesterday, which is wild. So if you want to hear the introductory few notes, they're in this, including the long fade out. And it, it's interesting. It's weird that the perfect drug is just slapped on here, but it sort of rectifies a problem that there was never a perfect, there was a perfect drug single. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it did not include the song, the perfect drug regular style, unless you had a weird rare promo. Mm-hmm. The actual Halo version. It's just all remixes. Just remixes. Didn't so if you want the perfect drug on a single Halo, you can get it here. It, it sort of uh, retroactively fixes that problem, I guess, yeah. which is kind of Or you could just buy the Lost Highway soundtrack. It's pretty good anyway. Yeah, so. that, that's worth getting. And honestly cheaper than probably finding but this But if you want to hear the single. first notes and the last notes, <laughs> you got to get this one. Yeah. So uh, the Japanese versions of this have a little OB strip on them. Yeah, I only recently learned what, I always knew what the strip was, I just yeah. didn't know it had a name. Yeah, the Vinyl Me Please um, albums always come with yes. these strips and I save them, but I don't mm-hmm. like keep them together. I have a little box I put them in. Um, I never knew they were called OB strips. I just, I yeah, just called I, them uh, like- Are they the same as as a Japanese little cardboard strip? Or I are think they, they're, they're basically, it's the same premise. Similar premise, um, I don't know yeah. if they're made the same. But. Yeah, so the Japanese OB strips Usually they're around, they're around like books, CDs, DVDs, LPs. That's where you're gonna find them. Um, you never see OB strips on books here. It's rare. Maybe there'd be one or two, but in shipping, they'd get ripped off all the time. Because I worked in the receiving department at Barnes and Noble, and if there was an OB strip on the book, it was damaged. I remember, yeah, I remember little paper strips, but yeah, they were always damaged. And usually it was some kind of like I don't want to say like it was usually like a smaller uh, book imprint, like McSweeney's or something yeah. that did it. Anyway, it wasn't like Simon and Schuster or something. McSweeney's publisher is like, surely um, 
everyone along the supply chain will hand, handle our books gingerly, right? Surely they don't won't just be thrown in a all fucking these, box. All the all the drivers and the warehouse workers will be like, "Oh, it's McSweeney's. Handle with care." Um, but yeah. is the strip kind of like? Uh, the equivalent of hype stickers, like instead kind, of uh, kind of usually the, it just tells you the title of the product, mm-hmm. track listings, um, if it's a CD or an album, and then things like price, catalog number, and then other information. So it's a nice little, quick little info strip. Yeah, maybe it kind of rectifies when when these artists get really wacky. They put they don't put the title on it. They don't put their name on it. They may not even have a track list on the back. Just a bunch of wacky art. Mm-hmm. This strip will kind of. Tell you what you're looking at. For example, the fragile. The front has no title. We get half of the band's logo. I want my money back. You know? <laughs> um, no, sorry. Oh, and I didn't mention in when talking about favorites, part one. It's cool that it has the radio edit. Well, I'm not I'm not that into the radio edit. Um, I kind of like the radio edit. I can't imagine listening to this almost eight minute long song on the radio. So the quick and dirty version is perfect for the radio. Yeah, I understand that the radio (laughs) format is not gonna allow for this seven plus minute with an extremely long and meandering intro and outro. outro, That's what the radio cuts down is the intro and outro. Yes, it just gets right to it. But I I prefer it the way it is. Well, that's because it's you're probably used to it from the album version. I don't even remember this being played on the radio at all in our market. Well, in our market, they didn't play it at all. No. No. Um, They didn't play anything from the fragile to my knowledge around here i don't even remember into the void which is no not a banger all. not yeah. at all they were still playing closer and had like a whole sometimes if you were lucky yeah i really but i kind of quit listening to our local alt rock station because it was i think it was clear channel owned by this point in the early 2000s i was still listening to a little bit but it was kind of like hate listens <laughs> It's not like I was like, I love the radio. It's just, if there was no, I drove a Honda Civic and if there was nothing else, if my uh, tape, my CD player tape deck adapter mm-hmm. was working like half the time. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be forced to listen to the radio. God, I remember when those uh, cassette player CD adapters, like it was such a big deal. My mom had a yeah. little Toyota Tercel and only had a cassette player. So yeah. when we would hook up my Discman to it for like longer car trips, it was just amazing. I was like they the miracle fun. of technology. <laughs> they were a bizarre little thing. Uh, I can't believe I lived that way. <laughs> I had a little disc man and a little pouch mm-hmm. that, with a cable leading up to the cassette deck. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier now just to, to stream your shit in the car mode from your Spotify. Yeah, but the – I mean, it is convenient, but the uh, the grief that the – Bluetooth connection gives me on most days. Oh, I don't have mine is, is usually pretty good. Oh, it's so spotty. I mostly blame the that iPhones and YouTube music don't want to work well together. And that's my fault for being the only person on planet Earth to use YouTube music <laughs> to stream. Yeah. But as I've said before, I want YouTube premium and I'm not paying for two services. In addition to the radio edit, part one, the orange disc, mm-hmm. it has two songs we're already familiar with. Day of the World Went Away Quiet, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We are it. we already went over it on Halo 13. Um, still great. Porter Ricks. Just vibes. Someone has to make it make sense to me. I know, There are a bunch of people out there who love the Porter Ricks remix. And remix is a very generous <laughs> description of what this is. I know that there's some faint 
vocals of Trent's in the background of this. Otherwise, I can't find any elements of the day the world went away. Someone make it make sense to me how this is not boring. <laughs> That's eat my, a gummy and it's nice. Okay, I'll, all right. It's all vibes. I can't. I can't do marijuana drugs. I can't either uh, anymore. Because of allergies. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a whole different thing. We won't talk about it. It is legal here in our state, though, baby, so soon. Yeah, but our doctors all suck. My allergies suck. Oscar's trying to sabotage the podcast again. <sighs> again. If someone can... Typical Oscar. If someone can tell me why Porter Rick's remix is not boring without using drugs, I will be blown away. Okay. That's I don't like hot takes, but that's the only hot take I'll do right now. <laughs> I just find that's just that's just my opinion, man. Yeah. You know what's weird though that I noticed? Sorry, this has nothing to do with that's the fine. tracks. It's the order of the CDs. So it looks like NI and Wiki is using the Japanese order of CD1 orange, CD2 green, and CD3 yellow. But on NI and Catalog, they have them listed differently. NI and Catalog says the orange is part two, green is part. Uh, I copied mine from Nin Wiki. Yeah. Which is the what you just said, part one orange, part two green that we have, and part three yellow. So if you go to NIN catalog and you're looking at it, it says that the green is part one, uh, orange is part two. Could this just be a mistake? And yellow is part three. I don't know. That's how it's listed on NIN catalog. And then oh, yeah. the Japanese promo versions, though, match what NIN wiki has. So I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that there are different, yeah, allegedly. Different, I can't like, speak to that because we don't know, we don't have it. But ours says "Made in Holland." That's all I yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I was looking at them, and some of them have different stickers. Like I think there was one that they showed on NIN um, uh, catalog that was like "Made in Sweden," and it was ours. So I was like, okay, whatever. They just call them the EU versions. So that's what I'll uh, call them. Okay. Anyway, I just thought that was uh, something I wanted to point out. For all the people who like the little petty details, <laughs> that's that's catnip. Mm -hmm. And if someone can clear it up, please do. Well, I can talk about what's on here a little more. Okay. Okay, disc one, radio edit, cuts it down to 5 minutes 16 from 7 minutes 18. Cuts the beginning and end. It sounds a little abrupt when you're used to the long form. Day of the World Went Away, Quiet, and Porter Ricks are, as far as I can tell, exactly the same as they are on Halo 13. Mm -hmm. There are going to be a few seconds worth of difference on track lengths, but that's just like transitional changes. It's not really, nothing's changed about the, the material itself, as far as I can tell. Part two, we're in this together on it, is the album length, the long version, but... It's different from the CD, the fragile, in that there are no the little plucks from the red, the end of the wretched. On the CD, uh, crossfade into the beginning of where this together. This obviously doesn't have that because mm -hmm. there's no wretched. 
10 miles high and the new flesh seem to be the exact same versions that are on the vinyl version of the fragile, except on the new flesh, you get a clean intro without a little crossfade of the end of complication that Ah. is on the uh, vinyl. Nice. Disc three, the yellow one, again has the full long version of wearing this together. Uh, Complications of the flesh, a unique creation we'll get into, Mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't exist anywhere else. Then uh, the perfect drug, well, we already talked about how it has a doesn't cut off the beginning at the end. This is Blake here with an emergency correction. I kept saying that this version of the perfect drug does not cut off the first few strums. However, I don't know why I thought that, uh, because it still does. This intro has always been so confusing, it's maddening to me. I don't know why Trent does what he does. Anyway, sorry, correction. I was wrong. The intro, as far as I can tell, is the same as it's always been. However, it does end in a fade out on Halo 15. Here's what that fade out sounds like. Do you like the fade out ending better or the abrupt? I like the abrupt ending. I like both, but the abrupt is a, a very is a more Trent Reznor y thing to do. It just cuts off in the middle of it, like not even yeah. in the middle, just cuts off. Uh it's super like God knows he loves to do that, right? Yeah. I okay, here's where I'll put a little bit of the perfect drug news. So nine inch news alert. The perfect <laughs> drug is in a video game. And I'm not a huge gamer, don't come at me because i don't know a lot but this game is called hi-fi rush the perfect drug plays during a boss battle and i'm gonna play something for jess here so she can see it and i think you are at first you are playing as a cat which i know she's gonna love that i'm proud to be a member of the vandalay family vandalay industries well that's the point i'm controlling is this a joke you think you think I can't deal with a cat I got my head but my head is what do you think you can do What's happening, Jess? Uh, well, there's a cat. <laughs> it's battling a Big guy with floppy uh, blonde hair. Yep. Uh huh. Stupid machine. This will stop you. And then he's yeah. He keeps putting fire like around him. This cat has, can leap. Yeah. I think it's like a cyborg cat or a robot cat. Oh, it's like Matrixy right now. Yeah, put some bullet time. You uh-huh. gotta, you gotta time your uh, X press. Whoa! Damn it! Get him, Ty. 
Okay, now it's a guy and a cat. It's not just a cat. Still call it a comeback. <laughs> yes. You know what? <clears throat> Let's take this outside. Uh, why this song, I wonder? Someone had to be a fan, yeah. I assume. Because it... It's not like it's a no... Like a... Oh yeah, of course we use the perfect drug. It makes total sense in this boss battle. I, they just clearly wanted to use it. Yeah. What can you play this on? Good question. Let me look that up right now. Xbox, PC. Whoa, you can't get it on PlayStation? Shaking my damn Must head. Must be like a Microsoft exclusive. Hang on one sec. Wikipedia will tell me for sure. You can get it for Windows or Xbox. Go out and buy Hi-Fi Rush now. <laughs> Use promo code NAILED20 uh, to get 20 cents off the game. That's right, 20 cents. Um, this episode brought to you by video games. So anyway, I thought you might <laughs> find that. By the Lana Del Rey single yeah. video games. <laughs> Thought you might find that kind of entertaining. It was kind of cute, yeah. People would want me to mention that little bit of news. People are pretty excited, and there's other there's other Nin songs in the game as well, including like one million, I think. Interesting. Yeah, so someone's clearly a fan on the team because multiple songs. One million, I could see being like a cool battle song. Perfect drug is kind of weird, but well, like think of the big drum break section, yeah, and all that. In but an they started from the beginning, right? Yeah. That that doesn't lend itself as much. But the whole middle section with the drums and synth, I could definitely see that being very gamified. Just loop that. <laughs> Especially if it's a rhythm game. And this, yeah, okay, it is rhythm-based action, according okay. to the description. So that makes total sense. Um, so, yeah, the, the songs would be very important, I imagine. Hey, what's the VR game where you have the, the sabers? Beat Saber. Beat Saber? Could you imagine doing that on Beat Saber? They have to... Well, I want to do that. They have to. They need to do a Nin Beat Saber. There might be like a fan created one for all we know. Uh, let us know if there is. I want to play it. We don't have VR here, but we played Beat Saber at a friend's house, and it's really fun. It makes me dizzy. I don't like it. I don't like VR. Jess gets a little. Uh, yeah, Jess has trouble with the VR. The only one that I never thought VR would give me any trouble. The one that did me in was the Space Station Simulator. Oh, like the the training type simulators yeah. that they have, and you're you have to like look straight up in the air and like swim through space in the space station, and that one made me feel like I was going to collapse. It's kind of cool though. Otherwise, doesn't give me too much trouble. Eh. <laughs> I'm just not a big gamer. Like I play, I already said this, Animal know, Crossing and Mario Kart. I know. Put Mario Kart in VR, then I'd have some fun. They have Mario Kart IRL where you can buy the little carts. Yeah, my nieces have those. Yeah, I don't. That one didn't seem to really take off. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of expensive, and I think you'd have yeah. to. And who has the room? Well, you'd have to either leave it set up, or yeah, I don't know. And also, if you have pets, like I think it freaks out the dogs, and they chase after it. So, anyway, if you want to play Mario Kart with us, get on the Discord. Anyway, that's thirty minutes of uh, Gamer Corner. <laughs> it's a new segment. Yeah, but it's it's relevant. And I had to put that bit of news there. Um, I, th I think that I pretty much gone through all the, the subtle differences in the tracks here. Okay, so I want you to talk about why, and you mentioned this maybe on our Fragile Wrap-Up, why you think uh, We're In This Together needs more love than what it gets. I like that it's like this 
sort of pop rock song wedged in the middle of long experimental instrumental intro and outro. It's just when it when the chorus hits, it's extremely powerful. It the way it's mixed and put together, I just think is very very pleasing. Um, when the chorus hits, it, op- it opens up the stereo image so wide. It's so incredibly um, loud, <laughs> like without being um, a crime of the loudness wars. It, it's not like that. It's just super, it, super punchy and loud. Maybe it's technical stuff that I love, but also just I love that there's like no Trent voice doubling and harmonies. It's so as I talked about in an earlier episode, I think it's the vocals sound so lonely in a song supposedly about being together. And of course that had to be on purpose. And I, I like that. Uh, there's such a melancholy to it. Yeah. I mean, just instrumentally and yeah. sonically and electronically, it's got so many cool things going on. Really Do you see cool it as a love show. song? A lot of people do. Sort of. Okay. It's a deceptive, or it acts like a love song, mm-hmm. but to me, it's more of a song about loneliness and hopelessness, but maybe there's a glimmer of hope. Kind of like people hear closer for the first time and think it's a, a think it's fuck music, but really, it's to me, it's music about self-loathing. Just set to a fuck beat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the best way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Because it gets the people moving. But why? What, what do you, you think it is a love song? Or? Do you want me to play a clip from Trent yes. that I found? I was trying to find clips about the Manson beef, and I found this clip instead. Yes, this one is good. Hang on. And I think this is from a segment on MTV News. I meant that song lyrically to kind of uh, not be as assumed, not be uh, interpreted as, as positive. I like, hear people say, like, it's a love song. It was meant to be more... Uh, a desperate affirmation that I'm not the only one in this together and I am clinging on to a situation that is flawed and it may fall apart at any minute. May fall apart at any minute. He uses that sort of descriptor a lot in this era. Yes. Probably because he felt like he was falling apart the whole time he was recording it. Things falling apart fans are like... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I know I do like that. that. So that, I hadn't heard that before I uh, went on my whole thing about calling it a lonely song, but I think it kind of justifies my interpretation a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. I wish he talked about the choice to make his vocal very lonely, but I mean, there could be something out there. I find random Maybe. stuff all the time. Maybe in a, in a written interview or something. Yeah. But not that I've seen yet. Do you want to talk about the song that's exclusive and new to this? Oh, yeah. We haven't done that yet. A song. We haven't even talked about yet, despite mm-hmm. it being, it is a mashup in itself. And I made a mashup out of it. If you listen to the bonus episodes, I used it in the theme of music for the bonus of this era, where I mashed this up with The Great Below. They, uh, This and The Great Below are the same tempo. I had to sh- shift keys around a little bit, though. But first of all, it's very interesting to me that this is a Danny Loner creation. Mm-hmm complications of the flesh if i didn't already say what we're talking about and it not just a remix it is a mashup of 
if you'd believe it, based on the title, Complication. And the New Flesh. And the New Flesh. And did you know that it's a mashup of a third song as well? What is it? This may be a new discovery. You discovered this? I might have discovered this. Actually, a thousand people probably discovered it before me, but I just haven't heard people talk about it. Okay, so what are the lyrics and complications of the flesh? Give it to me. Mm-hmm. I can take it. Not a lot is the answer. Not a lot of lyrics. I'll be honest. This is probably like I, because I didn't own this Halo. I only listened to Complications of the Flesh for the first time when we were prepping for the Fragile Era. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had, I made like, I downloaded stuff and made a, a mix CD. Like like of your own as, B-sides and rarities yeah, kind of Yeah, as a teenager, yeah. I literally did. And so yeah. this was one of the ones on it, including like, you know, the Hillebrandt remixes. Looking up the lyrics on Genius, though. Yeah, give it to me, I can take it. That's from the new flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Also, there's a very slow, kind of whispered screaming. The screaming. That's also from... Um, actually, he, there's just like a whisper of it in this remix that you can hear right before the beat kicks in. And that's from the new flesh as well sort of abstract poetry of that song now make it stop is something he shouts in, in this it it's lengthy by the way it's six minutes 36 seconds sorry i'm kind of all over the place but it's funny to me to when i read that it's a danny loner creation i'm just like wait danny loner is over here creating making electronic uh jams since when but i guess I guess he does. And thinking about it a little bit more, I was like, well, what they said about, they had the studio uh, set up and wired. There were multiple studios. Um, you know, Danny, Charlie, etc., would be off in their own little control room while someone else, Trent was maybe working in the main room. They'd be off doing separate projects and remixes. Maybe Danny was just bored in, in room B one day and, they had all of the music files um, shared via Ethernet cables, right? Mm-hmm. And so he could have easily just pulled up tracks from Complication and The New Flesh and a third one I'll talk about. And I, I think it was probably just born out of that collaborative experimentation, the way they had the studio set up at, at Nothing, Nothing Studios. But anyway... I'll play a little bit of it so you know what I'm talking about here. That's the screaming. I'm just going to play until it gets to the make it stop part. go kind of hard too especially later they go insane little piano stabs 
right there. Make it stop. Mm-hmm. There's a third song in this mashup. He's pulling a nailed. He's mashing all the songs up. And the third song is Please. That's the song where Trent utters, make it stop. But let me prove it to you here. <laughs> so here's the clip from Complications of the Flesh. Here is when Trent says, make it stop and please. Make it stop! There are pitch differences there. Mm-hmm. And if we want to split hairs, you know, maybe it was just a... Well, for, let me play them on top of each other to make it clear. I didn't, I didn't change any pitch or any tempo. They go right on top of each other. Make it stop! That's the please vocal on top of Complications of the Flesh. Obviously from the please chorus where that ends with, I don't ever want to make it stop. Mm-hmm. The please has a more pitched sound to it, but it's also layered. And so the kind of screamy one could either be a layer that's mixed down or maybe it could be an alternate take yeah, unused that just happened to be on the drive that Danny shared. But I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't, cool. I didn't kind of figure that out until really recently. So I was like, where did, I know that those lyrics come from the new flesh, but where does make it stop come from? Like he didn't go down and say, Hey Trent, can you <laughs> add a new vocal to my remix mashup? I would like you to say, make it stop. No, it came from somewhere. He pulled it for this. Yeah. So it's a three-way mashup. Like I said, pulling a nailed podcast. And <laughs> pulling a Blake. And then I mashed up his mashup. By the way, I, I sped it up and pitched it up. I didn't mention that earlier. But <laughs> if you're comparing the two, I did a TikTok to it and I really... I chipmunkified it a little bit. But yeah, there you have it. I also have an example of when the beat goes nuts. Danny's a regular FX twin over here or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one pretty well. I find it more enjoyable than like the new flesh just because it's got the chillest vibe, but also beats that go hard. Mm-hmm. It's a real mood piece. So is the new flesh, but I find this to be in a more enjoyable mood piece. I'd agree with that, actually. So yeah, it's one of of the remixes and B side stuff of the fragile. It's I'd put it up there, top tier stuff, just because it's so wild. By the way, because we didn't say the artwork on all three of these versions of the Halo Fifteen are by David Carson. They're his photographs. Yep. Extreme close-ups, basically, of things you would not know what they were if you look at it. It's very abstract. You would just be like, I don't know what the hell this is. But The first one you kind of can tell because it's reused. It's from the fragile. It's the the flowers. Yeah. And then the other two are really zoomed in, like photos that Carson took of like a stuff out of a window that's blurry, like a train, and the other one's like a cityscape. Cityscape, yeah. But to really get into the art and photography of the Fragile Era, are we going to do it, put that in its own episode? Yeah, I was thinking that okay. it might that'd probably be, be good. a good idea. Because we'll have a lot of bonus uh, time to fill, bonus episode that for stuff that is not necessarily Halo material, uh, stuff adjacent to Halos is what I'm saying. Like music videos. He could have numbered them as halos, the music videos. He'd have to New give order. them their, their own, like, you know, they're, they're like sigils and 
uh, seeds and nulls, the music videos could have had their own numbering system. Could have. Like, uh, I don't know what the hell you'd call them. Mm. Not bongs. Not bongs. Definitely not bongs. Um, but factory records would number everything, right? So even like music videos yeah. had numbers. Oh, really? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. I think posters too. Like <laughs> they would just stick their factory numbers on this everything. This poster is uh, fact fac number 378. <laughs> this, uh, this merch, this hat, that's I don't know 95. about that. That's where... Uh, like, but like the name? perfect kiss video has, has a fact number. Well, that's, I mean, it's Jonathan that's Demi a master- directed, yeah, that's so, a masterpiece. Yeah. That's a film right there. Yeah. Um, I do love that video. It's so good. Is that where that band got their name? What, what are they called? Front 242? I thought you'd know. Front 242? There's 242. What are you talking about though? Where, how would they get their name? Front 242 sounds like an, a weird numbering system oh, that someone okay. created. Someone was wearing one of those T-shirts and the movie yeah, we watched last we night. Yeah, we were watching Depeche Mode 101, and one of those hipsters was like, yeah, I'm a Front 242 <laughs> fan. Check out my T-shirt. I've actually never uh, – oh, I'll have my uh, cool cards taken away, but I don't think I've heard I think that. I have some – front uh i think i have some other tracks on some of my playlists but i don't think i've ever gone on like a deep dive now i didn't listen very surface level i didn't listen to front uh one through 241 will (laughs) i understand front 242 (laughs) we didn't do a proper nine inch news at the beginning like we sometimes Mm, do mm -hmm. other than hi-fi rush which we kind of squeezed in but is there anything else going on in the world Oh, uh, I don't think we have mentioned this, but they're doing the score for the next David Fincher movie. Yeah, that was like an official announcement. The Killer. Mm-hmm. What's that one about? I think Probably it's... Probably a killer. Yeah, I think that might be what it's about. Um, and uh, you could you could buy Nolco shirts, which is... Fun. Oh, mm-hmm. we got our Nolco shirts. You better believe I'm loving mine. We'll wear the crap out of it. Um, and... Uh, Still waiting on Mank Vinyl. It said it was supposed to come today. Day, Ooh, but I don't think anything runs today. Yeah, um, it might come tomorrow. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you get Amazon, but I don't know why we'd get. Does UPS run on Sundays? Because I didn't think they did. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But all rules are out the window. You know. <laughs> sometimes I open the door and I'm like, "Where the hell did this come from?" Yeah, some some gremlin left it on the <laughs> front steps. God knows when. I always feel weird because I'm sitting because my. Um, my work desk, I work from home remote and my work desk faces the front window. So I can see when our mail comes or when packages are delivered and they walk right up and they can just see me sitting there. <laughs> I'm like on a phone call or something or in a, you, in a team's meeting. And I'm just like, I can't get up. Like I'll even motion. Like if they're standing there, I'm just like. You can't pretend you're not home. That's for sure. You should have a sign mm-hmm. that just says, drop it here. I'm working. <laughs> when I used to deliver things. People put signs on their doors, and I obeyed the signs. Mm-hmm. You know, if they said, um, "Don't knock, baby sleeping," or "Don't knock," someone I I work night shifts. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock. I'm going to be respectful. I I like that someone put it in plain English what the situation is. Another nine inch news: We're going to see Depeche Mode in April. Well, <laughs> that's kind of related. I didn't realize that Tony Hawk had a curation of Depeche Mode's Facebook page. What? What? I guess he must be a super fan. Tony Hawk is? Mm-hmm. What do you mean a curation of the Facebook page? I don't know. 
I'm on the NIN website right now because I was trying to find a quote. Aha. Okay. So this is the story. And I'm on stereo gum right now. Earlier this year, hold on, let me see what year this was real quick. 2017. So this is kind of old. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, Depeche Mode announced that they would let a different fan take over their Facebook page every day for a year. <laughs> Today, a Depeche Mode fan by the name of Tony Hawk, pro skater, <laughs> had the honor of posting to their page, and he reached out to Nine Inch Nails Trent Reznor to provide some words about the band. Whoa. When asked to host Depeche Mode's page, I hope that Trent would contribute anything to my effort, Hawk wrote. Without DM and NIN, I would have been lost in a sea of confusing electronica slash industrial music during my formative years. Um... And the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I was listening to 60 songs that explain the 90s, and they did an episode on Enjoy the Silence. And the host of that show, Rob, he brought up this quote, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this before. So uh, Reznor obliged and emailed back a response reflecting on a time that he saw Depeche Mode in concert during their Black Celebration tour. And I really like this quote because, or this story that he tells is more of a story than a quote. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are times when you hear something or you see something performed live and it just completely changes you and inspires you. And I like hearing other people share those experiences. Yeah. So this is Trent talking about seeing them on their Black Celebration Tour. And some of you might recognize the venue that he saw them at. You might have been there earlier Red Rocks. No, it was not Red Rocks. I was going to say, I can relate to that. Okay. It was the summer of 86. I dropped out of college and was living in Cleveland, trying to find my way in the local music scene. I knew where I wanted to go with my life, but I didn't know how to get there. A group of friends and I drove down to Blossom Music Center Amphitheater to see the Black Celebration Tour. the reunion happened. Yep. DM was one of our favorite bands, and the Black Celebration record took my love for them to a new level. I've thought about that night a lot over the years. It was a perfect summer night, and I was in exactly the right place I was supposed to be. The music, the energy, the audience, the connection. It was spiritual and truly magic. I left that show grateful, humbled, energized, focused, and in awe of how powerful and transformative music can be. And I started writing what would eventually become Pretty Hate Machine. Many times, particularly when we're playing an amphitheater, I'll think of that show while I'm on stage and hope someone in the audience is in the midst of a perfect summer night, (sighs) feeling how DM made me feel so many years ago. That's not unlike our Red Rocks experience. A very nice summer night amphitheater you know what the perfect summer night concert was for me this summer other than that was craft work when we went and saw them at yeah um the weather was very there were like five raindrops hit me other than that the weather was extremely it was just the most perfect summer night weather yeah, you could imagine because there was no, no heat there was no oppressive heat or no humidity. heat cool breeze it was beautiful. We saw Run the Jewels at the same amphitheater, but it was like very- It like, was like 104 degrees. Muggy as hell, was, even uh, at night, but yeah. the performance was still awesome. But yeah, I uh, when I heard Rob read that, I, I wanted to share it because I, I don't have a Facebook, and I haven't had a Facebook since um, I think 2016 was when I deleted it. Yeah. It was right when we got married because I was like, I don't want Blake's family following me <laughs> and seeing the dumb shit I posted. And also this- this whole space has become so cringe. <laughs> like, I can't even it's take... It's a very toxic space. It uh, was. I also left around that time. Yeah. So I didn't even... But that is why this was a thing. I want to know who are all the other people that ran the Depeche Mode page, and was it just random fans? Mm-hmm. So... I wonder if those kids from 101 who got to oh follow God. along... I wonder if one of them got to run the page or something. I need to know where that... I, Blake needs I to know, know where, where that redhead is. <laughs> I... I saw an article when I was Googling last night. Mm-hmm. I think people try to keep up with them, maybe. But some article, I'll, t- I'll talk about it later. Ask me off the air. 
Oh, okay. Because it was funny what it how it referred to them. Um, but not to the get the luckiest people in the world who got to get on a bus and follow Depeche Mode around the country and yeah. then see them at that amazing Rose Bowl performance. Yeah, I mean, well, it called them goth kids. Did they look like goth kids to you? Because I don't, I don't think so. Almost at all. They look like new wave kids. There's a yeah, difference between a new wavers and gothers. And they were, they're yeah. more complex than just one label. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Depeche Mode goth adjacent music and fan base. Obviously, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call those kids in that movie goth kids at all. Um, and there, I'm sure there there were goth kids in the audiences, of course. Uh, but based on the big crowd shots, they were a small minority, if, yeah. if at all. Just a lot of normal looking, very happy, cool folks out there. Anyway, that's. I mean, that, so a lot of beyond. people think of Nine Inch Nails as goth kids too, and I don't think that's true necessarily. But there are either. many. There are many that would there fit are, that description. Definitely, but like, I mean, I've never noticed like a. When I think goth kids, I always think of like Cure fans. I know that sounds like dumb, but yeah, well, yeah, I think that's true. Skinny Puppy would be more likely to have more goth kids in the audience than yeah. NIN. But um, I feel like it incorporates more than just like it's a broad enough influence of in their music from so many different genres that I feel like all kinds of different people can follow. Yeah, of course. Um, Nine Inch Nails, and that's the case for pretty much any band. Yeah, but to backtrack slightly, Tony Hawk also. A Nin fan? Apparently. Th- this is news to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm a skater, in, so did not know Well, I did either. play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. No no Nine Inch Nails on that soundtrack. Famously, a lot of punk music. So I never really associated that kind of music with it. When did that come out? Maybe Trent wasn't as keen Early on aughts. licensing. Yeah, oh, I, I, well, don't, I don't think he wanted to license it at all. There was a big pop punk boom in the early lots. So. He's always been a video game person though maybe he doesn't like sports games i hate sports games i'm just gonna to call tell you. pro skater a sports game is a stretch <laughs> the only sports They're game i fun. remember playing was there was some like wwf game and i didn't play it i just would watch my friends i just want to talk about how much of my life was spent watching my guy friends play video games or guys i had crushes on just so much time wasted the, jesus including just me including you well i'm married to you so i can just like walk into another room or uh read a book and away. ignore you like yeah. it's fine but you'd be stuck in the stinky boy's bedroom well the boy isn't stinky Ooh. but they're bedrooms usually or the boy might smell uh, and uh they'd be creating a character and working on this fucking wrestling character for like 45 minutes to an hour. that's the only interesting thing about those games. That's probably true. Creation. But the best was whenever my friend created one named Fat Hill. And <laughs> <laughs> like he was wearing like a, a tutu. What it was just era insane was this? looking. This was like 1999, oh. maybe? Okay. So earlier on in the wrestling character creation, now they are so like detailed in the character creation. You can spend days making this bespoke monster. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about I don't this? know. We're trying to, we're just padding time. I really, <laughs> I really hope people are enjoying hearing what we want to talk about. When we kind of run out of material for this little single halo, I really hope you enjoy listening to us and I hope you don't turn it off. And I hope, I just hope we bring joy to someone. I, people say a lot that they like to listen. So I hope this does something for someone. You know what I wish Trent had incorporated from Depeche Mode that I don't think he has? What? The twirling. I wish he did the, mm. the Dave twirling. Although maybe he gets really dizzy. 
The Day twirling seems is to ha- twirl for yeah. like ever. Not yeah. everyone can just twirl all the yeah. time. That is very dizzying and not everyone's a twirler. Mm. Trent's more of a jumper and a smasher. Yeah. yeah. And Dave did so many crotch thrusts and mm. ass yeah, he shakes. Did. Yeah, he did. I was commenting that he was basically Shakira up there. <laughs> uh, Freddie Mercury vibes with the wearing the white. Mm-hmm. For that tour, and yeah. gyrating. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be some influence there. But anyway. Yeah. Is there anything else on topic we can say? Um, I don't really have anything, but that okay. was an interesting episode of 60 Songs That Explained the 90s, and sorry we went off a topic. Yeah. Listen to the one about uh, Closer, for sure, that that podcast. Listen to the one about Tori Amos. It's great. Yeah, listen to Cornflake Girl. a lot of stuff. Um, So next we'll be going into the 20... 20- 21st century in the year 2000. Oh next my God. is Halo 16, if you can believe it. Can you insert the um, Andy in Richter? Year, I'll just do it. <laughs> okay. In the year 2000. It's not Andy Richter. It's um, a guy from uh, Conan O'Brien's band. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. For some reason, I thought it was. Okay, you're right. It's been a long I don't, time. I don't know his name. I've seen in the. In the year 2000. A little album was released called Things Falling Apart, a remix album. In fact, mm. Halo 16. And that was the first, I'm excited because coming up is the first um, Nine Inch Nails release that I got to get excited for buying and anticipating the release. Halo 14, uh, 15, I was not uh, in the fandom yet when they came out. Mm-hmm. So things And you probably apart. wouldn't have been able to get it anyway. You yeah. may, maybe you would have lucked into it at CD Warehouse or something. Into one yeah, of them or something. But still doubtful. Um, things falling apart. Got it right away. It was stolen. Then I bought it again. That's how much I liked it. And yeah, I liked it. I know this one is uh, can be divisive, but I didn't buy I it. I liked that MF. Why didn't you buy it? Um, I was. What year did it come out again? Was it two thousand? Two thousand. Yeah, I was fucking broken in my mm. freshman year in college, and I made. I worked work study, and I made like um, I think it was three hundred dollars a month to live off of. So I had like no fucking money. I didn't. I was in high school and didn't have money either. But I think it it might have even been a birthday present for me. Yeah, but you didn't have to worry about like buying food or yeah shit like that. We'll get it. We'll get into the details <laughs> of my biography when we do that episode. Uh, wow, which can't will be wait. The next one two weeks in between. Then we'll have a bonus episode, which is going to be I think about the Starfucker. We better do the Starfuckers. It's Starfuckers, definitely. Excuse. I went off track with the Courtney Love beef episode. Excuse, excuse you, Star Suckers Inc. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Star Suckers video. Music video. Mm-hmm. Pardon my language. Yeah, and our, <laughs> thank you. Our <laughs> last, our previous bonus episode was about the relationship of Trent Reznor and Courtney Love, which we needed that context to explain Star Suckers music video. Mm-hmm. And if you want those bonus episodes... Uh, and many more perks, patreon.com slash nailedpod. Nailedpod.com also has all of our stuff. Do we have any new patrons that we need to give shout Probably. outs to? Yeah, we definitely do. We've been getting new patrons regularly, and I can't thank you enough for making it possible to even do this at all. Because you pay for the actual microphones we're speaking into right now. If we didn't have microphones... What what are, the, what are we going to do? Like shout this podcast into the street? Shout it into our iPhones like uh, tattoo girls. Oh, God. Don't I, look I, for I will that. Never go back. Mm. I will never go back to those days. Bleak. So thank you, new patrons. Carlos. Frederick. Gary. 
Rhombus Head. Nice. Thank you, Rhombus Head. Good name. Dylan. That's all I got. Do you think Rhombus Head knows Pyramid Head? It's got to be a play on... Rhombus Head is is Pyramid Head's less popular cousin. <laughs> and I'm sure that was an intentional play. And that, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> what? I was looking at... I was looking at Gary Nelson. I was like, you think he's related to Gary Newman? <laughs> but then I was like, that's a dumb thing to say because both their first names are Gary. <laughs> what am I, an idiot? Sorry, everyone. Okay, well, um, thanks for tuning in again. Thank you. We're, we're cruising through these halos now. Oh, man, I know. I'm so excited. Imagine with Teeth Era. Oh, my God. That's going to happen sometime in 2023, <laughs> believe it or not. Are there multi-tracks for that? There's a lot more material. There's surround, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, there's instrumentals. I'll have to double check nindestruct.com. I think there are some remixable stems. Okay. Don't quote me yet. I'll get there when I get there. I'll, I'll do some fun stuff with it. Anyway, that's it, everybody. Thank you. Anything else, Jess? No, just thank you. I'm just trying to think of a we're in this together lyric to say on the way out. None of them can stop us now. None of them can stop us now. Is that the sequel to Nothing Can Stop Me Now? Sure. It's, it's like the uh, less lonely version. <laughs> Even though I said this song was very lonely at the beginning, this is the less lonely version of Nothing Can Stop Me Now. Okay, maybe that's on purpose, and I just now realize that for the first time ever. Um, all right, thanks, everybody. This has been Nailed. And didn't that make you feel better? Mm -hmm.